watch out You better not cry You better not pout I'm telling you why Santa Claus is coming to town Santa Claus is coming to town How goes it, Mr. Warlock? Winter, please. I've got my magic power working just fine. I can cast up a big freeze, yes, sir. I think I can guarantee a white Christmas. Wonderful. Then let's be off. Oh, well. And that is the story of Santa Claus. And remember, behave yourselves. Because Santa can still look into his magic snowball and see just what you're up to. That's a kind of creepy. Maybe I should have set the record straight. Long ago, late one night, a father looked out his window and he saw somebody creeping up the lattice to his daughter's bedroom. Scheming to fix this intruder, he grabbed a big chunk of firewood and he crept outside. He was having a very bad day. He was in a terrible mood. He had lost all of his money. He did not have the gold necessary to acquire, give them the dowry so that his daughters could be married. And so he was fixing to sell them as a prostitutes. That's naughty and not nice. As he was creeping outside, he suddenly heard a thud. The intruder had thrown something into his daughter's bedroom window. And, and so this father uh, looked as the intruder was scurrying down the lattice, and then he chased after him, and he, he tackled him. And it was very surprising to find that it was a well-dressed teenager boy. He was getting ready to clobber him when he heard his daughter coming running, saying, Daddy, Daddy, look at what I threw into my window. It was a leather bag with just enough gold for the dowry. He looked at the boy, and they yelled, What is the meaning of this? And the boy said, Please, sir, I'm a Christian. My wealthy parents recently passed away, leaving me a very large inheritance. I give because Jesus has given everything to me. This father had a hard time believing in that story. And so he said, Well, why are you sneaking around in the middle of the night? And they said, well, Jesus said that when we give, our right hand is not to know what our left hand is giving and doing, and so he wants us to give our giving in a secret. And so the boy, he begged the man to tell nobody. And that boy, in time, he did the same thing for the other two girls. He gave her the money for their dowry, and when he threw the leather bag filled with gold into the room of the youngest girl, it landed in her stocking. <laughs> yeah, in her stocking. For the secret of joy of giving, that boy kept giving the gifts in the middle of the night. He kept about nothing for himself. 
even to join a monastery and live the life of a, a poor monk. But over time, people began to find out who was the secret gift giver, and they made him the bishop, the bishop of Myra. Now, Myra is in Lycia, which is a province of the Roman Empire. He was the bishop of Myra, but even as a bishop, he especially loved the poor little children. He got in trouble from time to time for letting the little street children wear his offensive bishop hat. It was very, very nice. And I should know because I am that bishop. I die in 342 A.D. in Myra. On May 9, 1087, they took my bones to Italy, to Bari, Italy. And by that time, they were telling us some crazy stories about me and my bones. You see, my name is Nicholas, and I'm a saint. <laughs> yeah. I know all you Jesus people, you say, oh, all of Jesus people are saints, and I suppose that, that is true, but uh, I'm a certified. I got my papers here from Rome. It says right here, Certificate of Achievement. This certificate is presented to Nicholas, the saint, miracles for achievement in miracles, three miracles and no card tricks. Some of, some, some, some of the saints, they use the card tricks for their miracles, but not me. All, all the miracles, I'm a saint. I'm a patron of saint of just about everything, from unmarried girls to children, of course, to merchants and the sailors and perfumers and uh, pawnbrokers and this thing that they call apothecaries. It means something like a drug dealer, which goes along with the fact that I'm a patron of saint of New York. I know what some of you are thinking now. Some of you are thinking, you're Saint Nicholas? Aren't you supposed to be doing something tonight, Saint Nicholas? <laughs> some of you are thinking, where are your clothes? These are my clothes. These are the clothes of a monk. But for you, but for you, I do the hat. I, I asked your pastor if I could borrow the hat. I'll do the hat for you. You see, in the uh, Middle Ages, they, uh, they paint us all dolled up like this because they figured this is what the saints would wear in the heaven. They figured that heaven looked like a giant Santa Claus convention. <laughs> some of you, though, some of you are thinking, what are you doing here and now in church? You are a secular person. You don't belong here tonight in, in church, especially on the Christmas Eve. Well, that hurts my feelings a lot. This is a hard time of year for me. Where I come from, I get, to, I get to teased. I get teased a lot. You know Saint Peter? You know Saint Peter? He's a patron and saint of a lot of stuff too. But did you know that he's off of the, the patron ascent of the stupid jokes? He's, he's in all those stupid heaven and hell jokes, yeah? St. Peter, he says to the guy, um, Marilyn Monroe is a chain to you, not because she's a your punishment, but because you are her punishment. Ha, 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 St. Peter, he, he loves all the stupid jokes. 
And this time of year, he's always poking me and he's saying, Hey, Nick, hey, Nick, your special day is coming December 25. Maybe you could invite Jesus to your party and you could give him a toy tray. He'd think it's so hilarious. It's embarrassing. Jesus, he said to me, just ignore him, Nick. Peter, he talk and talk and talk. He doesn't even know what he's saying. It's a problem with the Peter. But it's embarrassing to me. It's embarrassing to me because you have turned me into like an idol on a Jesus' birthday. In your country, I'm like the patron saint of greed. An idol. You know what idol is? It's something that you make to suit yourself. And so you turned me into a jolly old elf. Because a jolly old elf is safe. Nice and safe, and so you make me so chubby. So when they say to you, would you like another piece of a pecan pie on Christmas Day? And you think to yourself, no, I should probably not have another piece of pecan pie. But then you say, oh, but jolly old St. Nicholas, he's got a big old belly. So sure, I'll have another piece of pie. In fact, give me the whole pie. <laughs> so you make me to be like you wanted me to be in your country a couple hundred years ago. These crazy Dutch people, they combined my story with the story of a Nordic folkloric magician who punishes naughty children and gives good gifts to the nice children. Jesus Louisa, that man that I gave the gift to, he was naughty, he was not nice, but I gave him the gift anyway. That's the point of a Christmas. I'm not a Nordic folkloric magician. And I'm not an elf. And I'm not fat. Okay, maybe I could lose a pound or two here or there, but I'm saying to you, stop at the confusion. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. That's a creepy. I mean, you give all the little children a neurosis. He knows if you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. But if you are good because you want a present, a gift, you're not being the good for goodness sake, you're being the good for badness sake, you're being the good for greed sake. Like if you're being the good because you wanted to go to heaven and you don't want to go to hell, then maybe you're not being good for goodness sake, but for badness sake because you're not loving God for God. But like he's a prostitute. You love him to get his stuff. You sing it to your kids. He's making a list and checking it twice. He's going to find out who's naughty and nice. You use me to bribe and threaten your children to make them go to bed. <laughs> like the way preachers who use God to make people do what they want them to do. You turn me into an idol on baby Jesus' birthday. Your pastor, he told me, he told me that when he was a little boy, he, he said that to his mommy and daddy, he said one day, he said, Mommy and daddy, if St. Nicholas is so great, and he can make a reindeer fly, and he can fit down our little chimney with his big old belly, why don't we worship a Santa Claus in the set of Jesus? And you see, that's uh, what uh, perturbs me. I'm uh, getting confused with the Jesus on his birthday. 
The legend that you think is of me is what you want God to be. God should be a jolly old elf who only shows up once a year, and you don't even have to talk to him. You just give him a milk and a cookie, and he leaves you some toys, and he goes away. He's making a list and checking it twice. Gonna find out who's naughty and nice. You better hope that God is not making a list and checking it twice to find out who's naughty and nice. According to Jesus, we're all naughty and only one is nice. God alone is good, said Jesus. So you better hope that God is not like a Santa Claus or we'll all be going straight to hell. Ho, 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 and the Merry Christmas is to you. We don't deserve a gift. And if we deserve a gift, or if you think we deserve a gift, then it's not a gift. The point of a Christmas is that the God gives good gifts to very naughty people. So, God is not Santa Claus. God is anti-clause. Yeah, he is the anti-clause. God is the anti-clause. God is not Santa Claus. So who is God and what does he want? Well, God is a baby named Emmanuel. It means God with us. God is a baby wrapped in a swaddling clothes and lying in a manger, God is a poor peasant baby. He's got nothing. Not even a reindeer or a toy train or a Christmas cookie. God is not just creator of everything. He's not just creator of everything who is good for everything. God is a baby who is good for nothing. A baby is good for nothing. Santa Claus is a good for everything, from toy trains to making your kids go to bed. Like a most religion is a good for everything. Like a for fixing your marriage or for raising the money for a new church building. But a baby is a good for nothing. Babies are good for nothing because a baby is just a good. Like a breath of God is just a good. A baby is just a breath of God without a much accumulated dust. A baby is just a person without a, without a resume. <laughs> a baby. A baby has not had the time to try to make itself naughty or nice. A baby has no knowledge of a naughty or nice. A baby's a person with barely any dust, barely any resume, just barely attached it to this world. So a baby is harder to bribe. A baby is harder to manipulate. A baby is harder to use. I mean, you take a baby to a nice Italian restaurant, and that baby will cry if that baby wants to. That baby will bang on this high chair if the baby wants to. That baby will go poo-poo if the baby wants to. And if, if you, if, 
if you wanted the baby to pick up the tab and pay for dinner, the baby, you cannot make it, the baby do it no matter what you want. The baby is harder to bribe. A baby is harder to manipulate. A baby is hard to control. A baby is harder to use. But a baby is very, very easy to love. And God became a baby. God must want you to know he's a person. Not to use like a Santa Claus, but to know and to love like a baby. Not to use like a prostitute, but to know and to love like a wife or a husband or a baby. Not to use like a summer religion, but to know and to love. We all try to use a God. We all want to know about the God so that we can use God, but very few people want to just know God. We want to use God and not know God. We, we want knowledge of God in order to use God, but not to know God. It's a very, very old problem. You can read about it for the first time in the Genesis chapter 3. But in my day, there was a man named Arius who studied a Greek philosophy. He started saying that Jesus, that a baby in the manger was not really God, and that God was like a force field or something that wouldn't really want to get to know any one of us. Emperor Constantine, first emperor that named Jesus, Emperor Constantine, he called together the greatest church meeting of all time to think of this one through. We met just north of Myra in Nicaea, Council of Nicaea, 325 AD. It's where we started to write the Nicene Creed that you will find in your program tonight. You should read it. It's a very good creed. Many of us there had the scars from being tortured with hot irons and pokers and the pinchers. Because we believe it, that the baby in the manger was God. God with us. God the suffering with us. Well, during the council one day, Arius, he started singing one of his songs about Jesus. He sang, God begot him, and before he was begotten, he was not. Now, I'm ashamed to tell you, but you can Google this and find out for yourself. Arius was singing in the front of the council his song, and I got so mad, I just got up, and I walk up to Arius while he's singing in front of everybody, and I just punch him right in the nose. And he punched me back. <laughs> I lost, lost my tooth. <laughs> no, that's not really how I lost my tooth. But you Google it. I did the punch air. Arius, right in the nose. And uh, I'm uh, sorry. I'm uh, sorry I did that because I know it doesn't make a very good uh, Christmas card. Jolly old Saint Nick punching out a heretic at famous church meeting. Somebody made this and put it on the interwebnet. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've denied the divinity of a Jesus Christ, or if you're a follower of Arius, duck! 
That's a kind of funny. I like this one too. Deck of the halls, try a deck of the heretic. That's, that's funny. I think that's a kind of funny. But, 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 but I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that I did that. Because that's another like a Jesus. And I'm sorry that I did that because I lost my job as a bishop for a while. But it got me so mad because you see, for me, everything depends on the fact that God was actually in that food trough in Bethlehem, that, that God was a good for nothing baby, because that means that God is a person and not a proud person, but a humble person. It means God is a person and God wants what all babies want. He doesn't want your gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh. Stupid, the wise man, the baby, could choke on the frankincense and the myrrh. God does not want those things. God wants what all babies want. He wants it to, he wants it to be held closer to your heart. It's hard to hold the uncreated creator. It's hard to hold the eternal consuming fire. But it's easy to hold a baby. And the God became a baby. You know, when Joseph held the baby Jesus, he was holding God. When Mary nursed the baby Jesus, she was nursing the eternal consuming fire. When those shepherds sang lullabies to Jesus, they sang the uncreated creator to sleep. And that was perhaps the first time that God was ever truly loved by the people that he had made for him. Not his stuff, just his heart. Jesus from the bosom of the Father. Your pastor told me that one Christmas he was so tired and so busy Everybody wanted something. Pastor, give me this and give me that, and I need this and I need that. And it was just a little before Christmas. He went into his little daughter's bedroom to kiss her goodnight, and he was leaning over her bed. And she just grabbed his head and pulled it down on her tummy, and she said, I be the big mommy, and you be the little baby. And then she stroked at the back of his head, and she held him closer to her heart. Your pastor, he said to me, Nick, for a moment, I had a such peace, heavenly peace. She made my Christmas. See, when those stinky and ornery shepherds held the baby Jesus and sang him to sleep, they sang and got to sleep. Sleep in the heavenly peace. They, they made his a Christmas. Maybe you could make his a Christmas too. So who's God? 
his baby in the manger. And what does he want from you? He wants you to pick him up and to hold him closer to your heart. And what does he want it to give you? He wants it to give you his heart. So fasten your seatbelt. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? He wants it to give you himself. Like I said, baby is a good for nothing, just good. And all a baby can give you is himself. So God wants to give you himself, and he is the good that he gives you. He's the goodness, he's the nice, and he make you nice. Actually, nothing is more naughty than thinking that you make yourself nice because Jesus is the nice. So thinking that you make yourself nice is like stealing a baby Jesus from that manger. But being nice is like holding the baby Jesus closer to your heart because you are that manger. You are the naughty, and he is the nice. God make you nice with Jesus. When you hold the baby, the baby changes you. That's a concept. The baby changes you. You hold the baby, the baby changes you. And when you hold the baby, you cannot hold on to other things, like your money, like your addictions, like your self-centeredness and your fears and your egos. When people hold the babies, they cannot hold on to their, their dignity. They make a funny faces. They blow bubbles. Baby, baby, they speak a baby talk. Goo goo gaga, baby. Proud people and people who ask, what do I get for holding the babies? They usually don't hold the babies. They don't know what goodness is. They don't know what the nice is. They don't know what the heaven is. I'm saying that you don't get a gift. You don't get a gift for being good. The good is the gift that you get for being Love is the gift that you get. God is the gift that you get. And now I hesitate to say this because I don't want to corrupt your babies, but when you hold the baby, when you get him, you get all things with him. Because then you can enjoy all things with him. Emmanuel, God with us, all things, everything. You know what your scientists now say? This is so funny. They say, wow. That's what they say. They say, wow, looks like everything came from nothing. And that means we cannot ask anymore, what thing did that? What did that? We have to start asking, who did that? Who did that Big Bang? Who did that? St. Peter thinks that's the funniest joke of all. The baby did that. That's what the baby did that. So God is a baby in a manger. And what does he want from you? He wants you to pick him up and to hold him closer to your heart. But maybe you're still thinking, I can't hold him closer to my heart. I'm naughty and not nice. He's making the list and he's checking it twice. Listen, the Bible says God to keep no record of wrongs. And this is what the Bible says. The Bible says God is a love, right? And then it says love will keep no record of wrongs. 
The baby is not a keeping a record of your wrongs. But the devil is a keeping a record of your wrongs. So baby Jesus, he grow up. He hang on a tree to cancel your certificate of a debt, your record of wrongs. And now he fills up your wrong with his right. He fills up all of your badness with his goodness, and he makes you good. And now God the Father, he look at the list, and he check it twice, and he say, my goodness, how nice. Nicholas is a saint. He's never punching nobody. He's just like my baby boy Jesus. Jesus is not making a list of bad deeds. He's canceling the list of bad deeds. But the Jesus does have a list. It's a list of names, not the deeds, but the names. It's called the Lamb's Book of Life. Everybody in that book, pick him up and hold him closer to their heart. And so their naughty becomes his nice. You probably don't know this, but uh, we get the movies in the heaven. And this scene is my favorite movie scene. It's a mother Mary picking up a Jesus and holding him closer to her heart. She holds him closer to her heart when he seems to be good for nothing. Just good. She just loves him and not his stuff. She knows him and loves him, just him. So who is God? He's Jesus. What does he want? He wants you to hold him closer to your heart. And where is he? <laughs> well, he is everywhere. How do I explain to you? You don't know shepherds and mangers, but you do know hobos and Denny's, yeah? <laughs> Denny's is now serving the Italian food from time to time. They got the spaghetti and the meatball. <laughs> but anyway, a few years ago, a woman from your city named Nancy, this is a true story, your pastor told me and his pastor friend told him, and Nancy, she went and she stopped into a Denny's around about the Christmas time with her husband, the Dennis, and her little baby boy, one-year-old baby boy, uh, Eric. Eric, uh, he was banging on his high chair, and then he started banging louder, making a fuss, and they couldn't control Eric. He's smiling and laughing at somebody, and then they look and they see who? It's an old hobo sitting uh, by, by the door. His clothes were dirty and torn. His hair was matted and greasy, and his beard was full of things. And he was drunk. To me, he looked like a shepherd. The hobo, he started... He started talking to the baby. He started yelling to the baby. Hi, baby. Hi, baby. Hi, baby. Hi, baby. Goo goo gaga, baby. Across the restaurant. Uh, baby, do you play patty cake? Do you play patty cake? Uh, it, it, it wasn't cute. It was embarrassing. 
Any child would tell you he was being a naughty man. Dennis, he said to Nancy, let's get out of here. I'll go pay. You take Eric, and you go to the car and meet you there. Nancy, pick up Eric. She's hoping to get out of the Denny's without talking to the old hobo by the door. But as they approach the door, Eric's eyes, they lock on his newfound friend. And all of a sudden, he just lunge out of, out of Nancy's hand. She turned, and she catch him just in time. But she found herself staring face to face with this smelly old man. And then he said, Lady, can I hold your baby? Not, can I have some money? He said, can, can I hold your baby? And before Nancy knew what had happened, Eric, he climbed out of her arms and into the arms of that smelly old man. And so that smelly old Naughty man and her baby boy, innocent the baby boy, Eric, they just hug each other there in the Denny's restaurant. Eric, he put his chubby little clean cheek into that greasy old coat. And with those callous old hands from a very hard and long life, the old man, he, he just stroked the back of Eric's head. And then he, he hauled him close to his heart. As he did, tears started running down his cheek. Then he looked at Nancy and he said, Lady, you be good, good. Take care. You be good to this. You take care of this baby boy. And Nancy mumbled, I will. And then he pulled Eric away like he was pulling his own heart from his chest and handed him back to Nancy. And he said, thank you, ma'am. You made my Christmas. Understand? You are the hobo. And the God has made your Christmas. And now, you are Nancy. And you could make somebody else's Christmas if you let them hold the baby. And the God, he's the baby. Why? So that you and me and Eric and Dennis and Nancy and the hobos, so that everybody everywhere could make his Christmas. That's a God. So who is God? His baby. And who is God? His Jesus. God is Jesus. Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, This is my body given to you. He took a cup and said, This is the covenant in my blood. In the morning and nailed it to a tree, he seemed to be good for nothing. 
like a naked hobo. Naked hobo, nailed it to a tree, seems to be good for nothing. When he seems to be good for nothing, just a good, would you pick him up and hold him closer to your heart? He may seem to be good for nothing, but he is the something that'll make everything good and everybody good. Pick him up and hold him closer to your heart, and soon you will find yourself sneaking around in the middle of the night, giving the good gifts to naughty people. And every good gift, one day you will see this, every good gift is a hymn. So, uh, would you sing this song, and then we will pick him up and hold him closer to your heart. Closer to our heart. So, uh, Vince, this is a Vince, and uh, I like Vince. Vince is a good boy. He's a good boy. I watch Vince. I watch Vince, and I want to. You're, you're a good boy, Vince. I, mm, mm. I, want you, I want you to sing this song with Vince, and when you sing it, sing it like you mean it. And I am going to go uh, look for your pastor, then we pick him up and we hold him closer to our heart. Okay? Good boy, Vince. <laughs>
And so although we took his life on a tree in a garden called the cross, he has always given his life, even forgiven his life from the foundation of the world. So I know that this is kind of a shocking picture on Christmas Eve, but this is why he came, to take bread and break it, saying, this is my body given to you. Take and eat and do it in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper and having given thanks, he took the cup and he said, this is the covenant in my blood, poured out for the forgiveness of sins. Drink of it, all of you, and do it in remembrance of me. So let's remember him. Would you uh, just pray with me? Maybe you can say these words um, along with me, after me in your heart. Just pray these words. Lord God, we confess that you are love and you are life and you are the good and you are truth. You are everything that we most deeply desire and yet we have taken you, manipulated you, used you, consumed you, as if you were a thing. So we confess our sin. And Lord God, we also confess your grace, that although we take your life, we take your life from you, you have always given your life, given yourself to us, and so tonight, Lord God, even if it's just with a mustard seed of faith, we say that we trust you and we want to trust you. We want to belong to you because you're good and you are life. Thank you, Lord God, for who you are. Thank you for giving yourself to us Make your home in us tonight and always. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So if you want Jesus, you're invited by Jesus to take his body and his blood and hold him close to your heart. Amen.
And so God, with at least a mustard seed of faith, who, who want to say, we like you. We love you. Thank you for being you. And Merry Christmas. Amen. If you pinch it out, the wax won't drop on the floor. Hey, uh, thank you so very much for coming to the service. I think John mentioned this. We didn't pass a plate, but if you have something for the offering, you can put it in the baskets by the, by the stairway. And before you go, let me just say this. I agree with Nick. I mean, I didn't know what he was going to say, but I agree with him. And I think, I think God would really like you to make his Christmas. So tonight, just take a few minutes. doesn't even have to be long, but just sit and think about him. I mean, that's what dad wants. He wants you to think about him. Just think about him. And maybe you can even imagine picking him up. Because I think we're all utterly terrified of God. <laughs> but he became a baby. So just imagine picking him up and holding him. That's what he wants. And if you can't imagine that, then picture Jesus holding you. That's what he wants. And when you hold him, one day you'll discover you're holding all things with him. In Jesus' name, believe the gospel. Amen.